Welcome back. It is Thursday yet again. Comes and goes, and I feel like simultaneously Thursdays can't come soon enough, but also it seems like yesterday was Thursday as well. It is October 21st, and this is the last week of spooky season. Um, I guess we're, we're going to have one more Thursday of spooky season, and people were going to ask if I'm going to dress up this year while well, I'm in a new city, and I don't really know anybody here except for Grace here. And so I don't have a Halloween party to go to. Honestly, we're just going to be working for you guys. But if I were to go to a Halloween party, I would probably be, what would I be? I don't know. Like, give me like two seconds to think about it. What would, are, are you going to any Halloween parties or have any costumes? I'm going to the club. Nice. And me and my friend are going to be serial killers. So like I'm going to be Lucky Charms. Oh, I like that. And she's going to be Captain Crunch. And then... I don't know what the rest of our friends are going to be. That's awesome. Okay, so she's the creative one. Uh, I would say my most creative costume ever was in New York City. I went to, I got a big cardboard box, wrapped it up in gray duct tape, duct tape, and I was a Samsung Galaxy S Note or whatever back when the, uh, they were like smoking and exploding on airplanes. And so I got a vape pen and I would like, and I had this little tube and I would like be smoking. It was, it was pretty good. I need to uncover. I, I feel like that's such a you costume <laughs> to come up with. <laughs> I know people say that and I don't know why, but it, I guess it is just me. Um, okay. So uh, let's really dig into it. Let's dig into it. What's happening. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin feels good. You know what? It seems like yesterday, I posted a YouTube video about uh, Bitcoin and just like how it could be to 500K. And so I'd invite you to go watch it if you're new to the channel. Doesn't seem like there are a lot of new people here, but if, the, if you are new, go watch that. And I remember at the time, everybody was asking me, is it too late to buy at 18,000? And people are gonna ask me, is it too late to buy at 62,000? And I'm gonna tell you the same thing. Are you still willing to get the upside to quarter million, half a million, at least over 100,000. And how likely do you think that Bitcoin gets there? Because if Bitcoin will crash from here somewhere, it'll crash. It'll go to, through the next halving cycle, halving cycle. And, you know, people were very scared because we had had this massive rally from 3,000 to 18,000. And humans are not good at looking at exponential charts. We all know this. So it's helpful to look at Bitcoin on a logarithmic chart. Uh, I wanted to talk about, um, I wanted to talk like, so, you know, if you go to coinmarketcap.com, they allow you to do logarithmic and see. So if you just do like arithmetic chart, you don't really see what's going on down here. But if you do things in the power of 10, Right, it looks a lot more logical, logical. See what I did there? I meant to do that. I know. I'll go put myself in a corner. We don't have the sound effect, but <laughs> <ba> <laughs> yeah, sound. The sound effect is you, Grace. 
So it looks a lot more logical, right? Um, I had to endure, I bought, I think I bought back here, 300. That was my first Bitcoin. Anyway, whatever. So just zoom out and you think like this is going to be a uh, viral adopted network, the network of money. And I just, it just bears repeating. I like covering it because I like Bitcoin because every time Bitcoin does well, I do well. I should be buying something for myself. But the most extravagant thing we bought today, this week were, was a gigantic Chipotle order to shoot our Chipotle video. The brisket, I will say the new brisket they're put, pull, pulling out, putting out is pretty good. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, one other thing, I wanted to just go to Twitter with you all. And for those of you that, you know, you all are in YouTube, we'll go to plan B, 100 trillion USD. He's, he's the stock to flow model guy. And let's go see how it's, how it's uh, trending. So in June 2020, people were really like back when, let's go back to the chart. Let's go out of log. When this happened, right, people were in full panic mode. And this was not a long time ago. The lowest point was 30 under 32,000 back in late July. So that was less than three months ago. And Plan B was getting a bunch of crap because it was going off of his little uh, stocked flow model. And so what he was saying, no, quite bravely, that it wasn't completely off of the chart and that he still expected. See, we were like right here. He still expected 100,000 by whatever. And then let me go back. He, he had a better chart somewhere here. Back in blue. So here we are. This was posted by him. Go, go follow him. I mean, he has millions of followers at this point now. But go follow him if you don't already and you're on Twitter. Back in blue. He, October 18th, and this is where we are. And according to his stock-to-flow model, I mean, he expects, right, each, each cycle is more violent than the last, or less violent than the last. In other words, less volatility, longer cycles which I believe in, it makes more sense as an asymptotal thing to stability eventually in the future. It'll be as boring as gold, hopefully. At that point, I don't know, right? So he's basically saying, we're still in the bull cycle. It's a head fake and we're going to go up to here, which again, this is a log chart. It's, it's a little hard to see. I know the quality is really bad on uh, because it, we're live streaming now. So it's at like whatever, 480p. Uh, but we, we had the, we got the best internet plan that we could. Um, but that would imply well over hundred K and if it does spike to over in that baby blue or even more, it could hit and peak at quarter million. It could, it could, I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying that I believe that I'm just saying if, if you believe in this stock to flow model being generally correct and you believe that it peaks anywhere above the top of his blue predict prediction, then that would imply on a logarithmic chart somewhere over a quarter million. So bringing it back, bringing it back. Oh, is it too late to buy Bitcoin? Well, you tell me, do you think, do you believe that this is going to be a top three world currency in the, in the world someday? It, it might not even be a currency, right? It can be, just be a market like as much as gold. So if you think that, you know, 
half a million is a nine X on 600 or 60,000. And you're gonna have to endure some volatility. Like, would I go all in now? I, I don't, I don't like going all in, in something like this, right? There's a really good chance. Like I, I haven't sold a single crypto, right? There's a really good chance that this peaks at a hundred thousand, 200,000, 250. And I will be tempted dollar cost averaging out a little bit uh, because I've been holding for multiple years. So I have long-term cap gains on a lot of that. Right. And maybe in like Roth, but whatever. Right. So, but I'm not selling now, which essentially means I still think it's worth a buy. Now, you know, it's down 6% today, gave you a little bit of a breather. And yeah, let's look at some of the other cryptocurrencies. Um, Brian is asking, what about credit cards that reward with BTC? Uh, BlockFi's credit card offers 1.5% back, I believe now. They're getting, they're bringing themselves more and more competitive. Uh, they are sponsors, so go, uh, I don't, we'll bring, we'll bring back the sign-up link um, starting next week because their rates are now back to being good. It's like 8% uh, yields. Um, and I, I think that, yeah, it's just a fine way. I don't know exactly who it's for, but if, if you would rather earn Bitcoin by spending as opposed to, uh, like airline rewards, like it's, it's definitely a good one. I have one. I have a, I have a BlockFi card. I really have to start using it and see how I like it. Um, Andrew's asking, do I believe in the stocked flow model? I think it's the closest thing we've ever seen at all. At all. It's the closest thing we've ever seen. So that's why I point to it. Do I believe in it? Well, do I, I believe in it in so far that it seems to have some correlation or it seems to be a good framework to think about short to midterm movements in Bitcoin. But I'm not really that. I'm a fundamental guy. And I, when I bought Bitcoin, I was like, I'm going to buy it for 10 years. It's either going to make me like at the time when I wasn't a millionaire uh, or I would be like, that's either going to make me uh, quite a millionaire or it's going to go to zero and my life doesn't change. Well, looking back at it, like we're already, you know, other things have happened in my life and whatever. And my allocation is still quite large. And um, that's why it's quite large on the Rook big board, which uh, let me refresh this. Uh, we'll, we'll look at the Rook big board in a bit. So that's that. Ethereum's up in, in coordination. Binance coin. I really like Binance coin. Cardano is a little bit iffy to me. Uh, oh, I think someone reached out to me and said that you ca I called the top. I think people, oh, oh crap, I didn't, even, I didn't even look at this. Uh, oh, interesting. Last time we talked about Cardano was like a month or two ago. Someone DM'd me on Twitter and said, you called the top. And I was like, I, I don't even know. I didn't call the top. Let me just be clear. I did not call the top. I just, when people asked me about Cardano back in the hypey days when it was all over the front page of YouTube, I just said, it was the most expensive one, and I don't own any because it was so expensive in, uh, in relation to the number of adopted projects, right? Solana has a lot building on it. Uh, Matic, Ethereum obviously is king in the, in the internet 3.0 space. So we, we own Solana, but we don't own Cardano. I really like BNB, et cetera. So... Investory says, first, I want to know who Satoshi Nakamoto really is. I really agree. I don't really know. I want to know. 
but I think it's like one of those matrix types of things. It's better if we don't know. Um, William Gordon's going, I'm going as DJ Justin Roick for Halloween. Um, different person, by the way. He did our music. Um, so let's look at the stock market because that's, you know, what most of us are here for probably. I don't know. I'm kind of, like I said, I'm, I'm here for everything. So people are like, well, if you, you know, you're whatever stocks and, you know, crypto is just a thing. You know, I'm here, honestly, on this earth for like maybe 90 years, hopefully like 100. Let's call it like 90. Hopefully knock on wood, right? Statistically lower. And I don't have time to be pedantic. pedantic, pedantic. I don't have time to be uh, dogmatic, right? I only have time to get returns on my investment and earn money so that I can enjoy my life. That's why I'm here. I don't know why you guys are here. They're here for your jokes. My jokes. What did I always say? Uh, logical? Lo logical? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so bad. Um, okay. Obviously, the market was kind of, the NASDAQ was up, and we'll go to Finviz in a bit. The S&P was up 0.3%. Dow Jones, so uh, Finviz com get ready for the ads good for them they need to make some money right this stuff isn't free uh microsoft up tesla up tesla's running if you didn't see it already i posted a 14 minute like pretty quick tesla chart video on the on the channel just now so go check that out after this stay with here with us but go check that out after and yeah tech is up nvidia is up amd is up um yeah, AMD's at 120. And yeah, a lot of our stocks are up. We'll go specifically line by line, Roic members, uh, in our Roic only stream, which we'll do in 45 minutes or so. And yeah, so what, what else? Uh, so big SB at 500 edge to hire to a record. Uh, Fed imposes new restrictions on officials investment activities. This is a big story. I don't know if you guys have read this stuff where like Nancy Pelosi in particular is getting like roasted for for trading and there are these all these accounts that track Nancy Pelosi's uh, like movements and that she's front running the markets. It was not only her. It's like oh, just a bunch of senators, Elizabeth Warren, all that stuff. I I to I don't understand why they're allowed to do this. These are the people like First of all, how is insider information illegal, but these people literally shape market moving things and are able to front run, like they know when the law's coming out, so they're gonna position accordingly, right? I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that, uh, that government officials, certain government officials like at the top should be able to, that's just my opinion. But put in the comments, maybe I'm completely wrong. They're, they have families too, I get it. But maybe like broad-based ETFs and not allowed to sell because then I, I only want them doing things that make America go up, you know? Um, yeah, JW saying Nancy's husband had a big Tesla put position. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I think it's all very sleazy or whatever. It doesn't look good. The optics aren't great. Uh, but put in the chat, I want to know what you think. Uh, big news today, WeWork shares went public crazy that Adam Newman walked away uh, with $2 billion despite all that's happened. 
Bow X acquisition. Did you buy? Did you buy it? Eleven dollars and eighteen cents. So it's not up. It's SPAC. So people don't like SPACs right now. It's a office leasing business. So I, I'm not particularly enamored by it. I, like even when it was private, I was like, this isn't software. This is uh, rental arbitrage. Not only that, you always see, you always see like uh, Regis's. Have you seen Regis's or Industrious? All these other copycats uh, invented by the people that are own way more office buildings than WeWork does. Um, cool. What else? Okay. So another another big story is that Snapchat is down twenty two percent after market on earnings. Snapchat plummets 22% after missing on revenue expectations. Snap reported its third quarter earnings on Thursday, missing revenue expectations after Apple's iPhone privacy changes disrupted its advertising business. The company also warned that global supply chain interruptions and labor shortages reduces the short-term appetite to generate additional customer demand through advertising. This was the darling, right? The darling. You just look at this chart. Let's zoom out on this, this chart here together. No data. Here. I mean, look at that chart. That's a beautiful chart. And no, not meaning technical analysis. I'm just saying it's a beautiful chart, right? Grind up, 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 up. Now it's falling down to under 60 bucks a share because of Apple's privacy concerns. Now, man, Apple has done a really great job ensuring that it has no friends out there yes they're super powerful but honestly like for for me i've bought a lot of clothes like this i'm wearing chubbies and like uh what else like uh, some shoe brands i like the targeted ads because i get targeted with ads that that i want to buy I don't know about you. So that's that's Facebook, Instagram specifically, but like on but Facebook, Instagram or Snapchat will, you know, and it's not targeted. Uh, it's targeted for those of you that are new to this. Right. Uh, previously, it tracks a bunch of data about your browsing habits, your location, your like your your like uh, gender, all these things and allows advertisers to pay these platforms to have ads um, show up for certain types of people. So, so if, if, so when you all, when rock members are shareholders in this company, we'll be, we'll probably pull ads at some point and they'll be targeted at people that really like finance and really like stocks based on browsing history. Like I personally like that because to me, real companies create value for customers and customers need discovery to find the, the products that provide them value. And in my opinion, the people that are truly like trying to hide from like tracking, they've always had this like opt out thing. Uh, and also like you, you, there are way, like a lot of like super libertarian people that are really secretive on the internet. They, they know how to do that anyway. Um, but what Apple's done now, it's like at any app now it says, do you want to share yes or no? And the automatic thing is people are going to say no, which is basically killing, uh, the ability to to show tar to have targeted ads. Do you care? I I agree with you. I kind of like it too. Like 
this company Sabo Skirt always pops up on my Instagram and I've bought a bunch of clothes from them just from like them constantly showing things on my feed. And I'm like, oh, I like that. Yeah. Sometimes it gets really creepy too. That's like, what I really don't like though is I feel like you're talking to a friend about something and then it'll pop up on your feeds in one of whatever it is. And I'm like, wait, are you listening to me? That's why I'm really like skeptical about the thing. Like, is it listening to me? Which I really don't like. My mom and I tested that one day. We just kept talking about Crocs all day to see if like a Crocs ad would show up. And a Crocs ad did show up. You got them. You need to sue them. Get us like millions of dollars. But I found my couch through like an Instagram ad because I think like my browsing history showed that I kept looking for a couch and stuff. And all these Instagram ads would pop up for couches. And then I finally found one I like. I liked through um, through Instagram. Huh. Yeah, see, I generally like it. Uh, let's read some of the comments on this. There's been lots of demand in the chat for DWAC. Really? A lot? What? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people asking about DWAC. I see two people. And there's more at the top. Somebody said, I think Andrew said, would you ever invest in DWAC just as a momentum slash greater fool play? Oh, this is the one. Okay. For those of you, yeah, I didn't I didn't know the exact ticker. Digital World Acquisition Corp. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is another pump. Look at this. This is the SPAC that Trump or is merging with Trump's new company to launch a new social media website or app or whatever. Right? Look at this. Let's let's read the thing. DWAC, the Trump social media SPAC, quadruples frenzied buying is similar to gains in special SPACs earlier this year. We all know SPACs have been weak since then, but uh, more than quadrupled to 46 bucks a share. Deal values the Trump media company at about 875 million, including debt, but that's at 10 bucks a share probably. The unveiling of the new company comes after Mr. Trump's access to several social media platforms, including Twitter and Facebook, were restricted following the Jan 816 assault on the Capitol Hill. Um, he held discussions with a number of different platforms throughout the year to find a new online megaphone. Mr. Trump had nearly 89 million followers on Twitter. Whew. Parler. Yeah, yeah. So Parler, which was founded. So, okay. Many other social media sites catering to conservatives have emerged in recent years, including Parler, Gab, and Getter. I would say Gab is much more of a free-for-all on the blockchain thing, right? But it ends up being all the social media people that were banned on one thing, and then you go to the other, so it ends up being more conservative, I guess. But I don't, I don't like, I think Parler is specifically like a conservative one. Gab, I believe, was more about like just free speech. Um, Getter, same thing, a free speech-focused platform launched by former... Trump advisor Jason Miller earlier this year struggled to balance their free speech ambitions with abiding by the technology partners terms of service. Parler uh, was built a big following after the 2020 election, but was stopped in the wake of the uh, U.S. Capitol incident. Apple Inc. removed Parler from its app store and cloud computing giant Amazon Web Services booted it from its servers. And then they've since returned to the app store. Gab, which was founded in 2016 with the explicit name of being a haven for free commentary, went offline for more than a week in the fall of 2018 after a man opened fire at a Pittsburgh synagogue shortly after posting anti-Semitic messages on Gab. Yeah, man. So, like, social media is tough. It's like, if you let every, if, if there's no moderation, it becomes a cesspool. Like, and then if there, and then, but if you moderate, it's, 
right? Like there's an inherent bias by the monitor moderators, by the company that is, you know, so, I mean, I think there's a good, I, I'm not going to get political here. Like I really don't, that's not my really, like my jam, but personally, I think that these things have gotten so big that they have become public forums, right? Like it's basically the online version of people having free speech in the middle of a uh, town, town hall, except with millions and millions of people. So in that sense that, I mean, there's a, I think there might be a case to be made for government moderated, um, Senate moderated, like internet hosted social media platform. I don't really know. Like, and then in terms of like, should we buy it on greater fool theory? I want to hear your opinions on this, but like, let's keep it civil, right? Like I, there's, this is not a political channel at all. It's up another 56% after hours. It's up to 71 bucks a share because right. I mean, almost half of the country voted for, or half of the voting population of the country voted for Trump and they're, you know, clearly he's not on any social media platform because he's been banned, not by the government, but by, uh, by a few companies in Silicon Valley, California. I have no opinion on that. Should we invest in it? There's no fundamentals here. Do I think that they're going to get a really popular conservative social media website or site? I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that it's hard. I don't want to like make a big call here, but like, I just, I find it's hard to see one social media platform for the left and one for the right. And then like, I'm in the middle, like where, where do I fit in? And then, uh, it's really hard too to get too conservative on an app because right. Apple in Mountain View, California controls this. Google controls this if you're an Android user. Google controls YouTube. Facebook controls Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook. And those are three companies. And not only that, Google, Amazon, and Microsoft in Seattle all control the web hosting. So, like, yeah, Gab's idea of, like, being on the blockchain, I guess that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I know, right, even Jack Dorsey at Twitter is all gung-ho about Project Sky, I believe, or something, where they want a, a version of Twitter on the blockchain. Um, Ryan's saying, I'm going to say short it. It's going to be a scam like everything he touches, just a matter of time before some white ring, whatever, gets... The, I don't want to get take the stream taken down. Everyone read the comments. Um, but, yeah, give this video a like. That's all that really matters because I'm just... I think, I don't think like I'm a long only guy. So if you guys are going to short this stock uh, here, let me just show you something. Okay. Before you go shorting a hypey stock, look at GameStop. There's no, there's absolutely no reason why GameStop should be worth anywhere close to 180 bucks a share. It should be worth maybe like 40 bucks a share, maybe. But the market can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent, okay? And it doesn't always, right? You guys, a lot of you all found me through Nikola. 
back in obviously Tom too. Like, yeah, that would have been a great short. I issued like literally that day, I issued two warning TikToks and I think a, a YouTube, like multiple YouTube videos warning people like, please do not because it's spiking and please don't buy, don't buy, don't buy. That was always my thing. Don't buy. I don't ever say like go short because you don't know if it's going to keep going up like GameStop, right? Like there's right. Or Nicola worked the sh people who short up here did really well, but the people who shorted up here did really poorly and had to endure all this. So I'll, that's all. I mean, again, Nicola like now is going to go out of business. It's like fraud, all this other stuff. They didn't have a working prototype, a little bit different than GameStop, which is a legitimate company, just like five times overvalued or whatever. So, um, so I'm wearing short shorts, by the way. That might be a sign. I know. I'm not, I'm saying not to short, but I'm wearing <laughs> short shorts. I'm wearing chubbies. All right, let's look at the big board. Not obviously we have to go. We're going to do the like actual positions, but yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty good week for us. You know, we're up, you know, we're back up to in the 75% over the, since October. August of last year. Um, and yeah, ARC's making a comeback now, matching the S&P since we've been tracking. Uh, yeah, and crypto's did done well. We've had a recovery in some of the growth stocks. And yeah, go check it out if you're not a Rogue member already. What are you guys doing? It's the cheapest service out there. And the whole point is to bring professional research to you at a no-brainer price. So that's what we're doing. Um, I also, like on all of these videos, I am only here for all of you right you guys are the customer both on the on the free product which is videos and on roic uh so if you ever want me to to cover things just comment and upvote each other's comments and like that's that's how like that's how we figure out what to, to cover okay um okay so wait should we take some voicemails we now? should take some voicemails Let's grace's impossible job is to keep me on track <laughs> so we got one from um, on Monday. So we're going to do this. So you guys are able to put in voicemails the whole week. We leave it up. Okay. Ready? Go. Hey, Justin. Uh, I'm one of the OG Relic members. And uh, I just have a quick question. I just feel like I was reviewing the big board and I was really hoping to get a cybersecurity play on there. Um, I feel like we're missing a large opportunity for this, you know, total addressable market that's that's, you know, like I feel like we're going to be in a super cycle for. Uh, I was just wondering if there's your thoughts on Fortinet or um, Palo Alto. I just feel like, you know, we, we need to have some kind of allocation towards one of the cybersecurity plays. Thanks, Justin. Take care, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, man. It's just all, it's the valuations. And that's like, if, if we were in Palo Alto, uh, and our mindset was there, we would have bought a long time ago and probably made good profits. But I am like a Wall Street guy, and it's like the valuations are really hard uh, to get our head around. And the one to me that got away is, hold on, I'm gonna go to the ROIC mini board where we do where we track all these quick ratings we do live and on in our in our newsletter for ROIC members to go look at. The one to me that that got away was this. So you go if you're a Roic member, you log in, go to the mini board. I'm just searching Palo Alto. We rated 
P ticker PANW Palo Alto Networks at 345 bucks a share. Really interesting. Expected to grow in the high teens, nine times forward gross profit. May 10th, 2021. It's the one that got away. So it was reasonably valued. And this is why I believe as a real community, like we can, if we rate, like once we raise the money, you guys all know that's in the where it works still with lawyers and there's a lot of comp complexity in this space specifically because I don't want the SEC coming knocking on my door. Um, if we had a, like a bigger team of people like me, we would have more time to go like super deep and go chase down all these things that everybody sources here on a weekly basis. That's the one that got away. Now, uh, I think that we should, ooh, I think I have a dashboard. Uh, no, I don't have a dashboard for this. We should do, you know what? We'll do, this is a good, that's a good idea for a video topic. We should do a, um, a cybersecurity stock comp set. Maybe next week, no promises where we spread all the comps and see which one's the cheapest ones, which one's the most expensive. But I agree. I love the super cycle. Um, but you kind of look at like CrowdStrike, great company, financials, price target, uh, trading at like 50 times forward gross profit. Like this is, this is out of my wheelhouse. It's, it's too expensive. I, I know they're growing really fast. It's just too expensive for me. And so if you kind of, let's go, let's revisit Palo Alto Networks. Okay, they're much more reasonable. Okay, I don't think this has run away too much. I'm going to say it's at 12 and a half times forward gross profit. And I'm going to reiterate interesting rating on Palo Alto Networks. I'm not saying go and buy it. I'm saying it's interesting still. It's not as interesting as when it was nine times forward gross profit, obviously, because it's gone up like by a lot, by like 50. 50% from there, but it's still interesting. It's still not out of reach, so to speak. And then let's do a quick check on Fortinet. Ticker FTNT. Uh, yeah, Fortinet is, ooh, look, way more expensive. Way more expensive. Okay. Palo Alto, still the most interesting cybersecurity stock out there. Still, still the most interesting. Okay. So Snapchat, hopefully you guys weren't in that. We weren't in that. It was too expensive for us. Uh, a little update on splitting the big board into three. So I wired a quarter million, which is the max, to Trade Station, which is a which was we were going to launch a sponsorship. But I don't know if this is the platform we should be on. It's clearly made for traders and it's not very user friendly. Look, here's proof. I was about to launch it. Count balance. See this? You guys see I'll zoom in for you. But look how complicated this is. I mean, I don't know. 
So I have to talk to them, but they don't have like a simple view for us longer term investors, right? So please put in the comments so I can review it, not the live chat in the comments. If you're a Roke member or whatever, or even if you're not a Roke member, is there a brokerage you would like to see the Roke big board hosted on the three Roke big boards, BBA, BBB, BBC, aggressive, balanced, conservative, uh, has to one, have a lot of selection of stocks because we like international stocks sometimes. So that kind of nixes like Robinhood and maybe Weeble. Uh, two, it'd be nice if, if we could buy crypto on it, but not, it's not a, we don't need to because we have Coinbase Pro and BlockFi. And three, it'd be nice if they like, they did sponsorships. So like Fidelity doesn't do sponsorships, but if we go, go to Fidelity, I'm, I'm very purist. You guys know, like if it's the right product for the community, that's the one that wins. It's not about whatever. Um, Simon is asking about interact, interactive brokers. I've used interactive brokers. They just, they're again, they're really complicated. They're pretty complicated. So anyway, please put in the comments. What else should we cover? Uh, another voicemail or what? Yeah, another voicemail. Okay. Ready? Hey, Justin, portfolio management question. I'm yelling and playing with small money now. I understand taking larger risks can conceptually even be earned back, but I'm somewhat risk-averse by nature, and my North Star is closer to modest early retirement than multiple millions. Does it make sense to have the majority of the portfolio be compounders and high-conviction stocks slash crypto that, for the most part, all hold for years or decades, like Tesla, Bitcoin, and the big board's biggest holding, which won't be named? And then have maybe a dozen riskier, higher upside bets that make up one to two percentage each. And where does Fundrise fit in? Is Fundrise worth it for someone with smaller amounts? Thanks, Justin. Appreciate everything you do. Yeah. So for 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 me, if I were there, uh, it sounds like you're working with relatively small money for now, as compared to your earnings. Um, if but if you're north, so like he's referring to some of the videos I did about like the number one thing you need to do is like pick your north star, and then at least no matter what happens in life, your financial north star will allow you to just like know where you're going and, and what your goals are. So if if your north star really is just like modest early retirement, kind of like a classic fire type of thing, or even like lean fire financial independence retire early, I would say like you got to take a more conservative stance. Uh, I mean, you can do that with just 7% return. So I would consider, I would consider the fact that if you're, if you're young enough and you're ready to do, if you're ready for 40 years, um, actually, I'm going to show you the first three, three slides of my investor presentation. Uh, give me one second. Can you see that? This, this, is, this is a big moment. It's just a tease. All right. So this is the first three slides. Page down. A household with 120000 of annual income and expenses needs 3 to $4 million in invested assets to reach complete financial freedom. $3 million is based off of long-term cap gains. $4 million is based off of short-term cap gains slash income tax rate withdrawals. If a household saves 2000 a month or 27% of their take-home pay and merely saves it, it would take 146 years to save $3.5 And by the time you do that, 
three and a half million will be worth nothing because inflation would always outpace your savings. So we all need help from investing flat out. That's why you're on this channel. That's why you're online. That's why you have a brokerage. That's why you're investing. The people saving it are going to be left behind, especially in this hyperinflationary, not hyper, I'm being, uh, I'm exaggerating here, but in this kind of higher interest rate, uh, high, higher inflationary environment that we're in. If the person invests in the S&P 500 at a 10% nominal annual return, but 7 to 8% uh, real annual return, it would take 36 years to reach uh, 3.5 million in today's money. Now, I don't know where your goals fit into this, but I'm saying consider the fact that maybe individual stock investing isn't for you because the traditional wisdom gets you to retirement in 36 years if, if these are the numbers that you're plugging in, right? For the, the traditional plan to retire or at 60, which is early in today's environment, for those that start early. But for those of us that don't have that much time or want to do it faster, we do need if it, investing annually at 15% annual returns can reach the goal in 26 years, not 36 years, thir 26 years. Or if you let it ride for another decade, reach 12 million in today's money in 36 years. That's the power of compound interest, blah, 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 right? So back to the question, what do you do? Like it's, I, per, if you don't want to wait 36 years for three and a half of today's money and, and you earn less than this or whatever, again, not a, opinions, not advice. I am not a registered investment advisor. If I just wanted a, like if I didn't have 40 years and I would need some help, right? But you don't need 10x types of gains types of help. You don't need this like moonshot type of help. You just need to kind of like be a little bit more concentrated, take on more risk. Like that might look like buying the NASDAQ instead of the S&P 500. That might look like buying just the, the FANG stocks instead of the NASDAQ, right? So there's, you go down the like risk line and then, you know, at the very end of it is like mooning into alt altcoins, right? or like yellowing at altcoins for people that just like have no shot at any of this on the slide. They, they, they just need a help and they're, or they're gamblers. So to me, it's like, I, I think your hunch is right, right? I think Fundrise fits into it because Fundrise is going to be pr providing, um, they, they've, they've claimed that they've uh, kind of beat the S&P 500 on a risk-adjusted uh, risk basis. Furthermore, we all like real estate in an inflationary environment and it's good diversification. Fundrise fits into that. Easy, you don't have to manage any properties. Uh, what else? Yeah, I think like the compounders on the big board plus Microsoft plus a couple others, right? Just gonna give you a nice, either the company's gonna reinvest and grow at a 15% compounded or they're they're gonna, you know, I, I think that certain of the fangs, fangmans will not all of them, but certain of them that I've always called out for Roic members, they're going to provide like a 12 to 16% IRR. And then, yeah, like the number one on the big board, that's less of a compounder, but like, yeah, like take the more conservative grindy types of plays. When I say grindy, like they'll grind higher because we just have a lot of confidence in their ability in the long-term trend and the valuation is low enough that it makes a lot of sense. So those are the first three slides. Trust me, I'm working. I know it seems like it's forever, but um, so thanks for the question. What should we do now? We have time for either one more 
voicemail question or one more question from the chat? Okay. What do you think we should do, Grace? Pick your poison. No, you pick my poison. Okay. Um, well, I hope this is a good one, but someone asked for you to take a look at MGNI and PUBM. Oh, those are possible ROIC stocks. Let's do that next, next uh, in the next stream, like in 10 minutes, okay? One more. Got to save those for the exclusive stream. Um, why don't we take a voicemail question? Okay. Ryan. Ryan's calling in again. Ryan. Ryan sent this Ryan who's you're going to hear his question. He sent me. He was so sweet. He sent me a Chipotle gift card once upon a time and I ate it promptly. Hey, Justin. Uh, don't want to give away any big board positions or anything, but I've noticed that a lot of times you buy related um, stocks two at a time. Uh, you did it just recently with the last one. You did it with two that shall remain unnamed because they got pretty heated. Yeah. And I've noticed it um, previously with another pair that you three did. Times. Yeah, I've done the three times. I was just wondering what your strategy is with that and why you don't just seem to pick the best one. It's just a way to hedge across an entire sector or what your thoughts are on that. Thanks. Bye. I'm going to be upfront with you. And this channel is all about uh, transparency. It's about putting on starter positions and hedging when there isn't a clear winner. And the reason why it's, there's no clear winner for me right now is because we don't have the resources or the capacity to get that, like, to get that type of conviction that one is going to be the clear winner in, within the grouping of a sector. So me putting the positions on in pairs is the way for me to be like, I really like it. These valuations are good. They tend to trade off together. So, right, this new, the newest pair that we added on the big board are starter positions. And my view is starting to favor one of them more, as you saw, right? I added to one and not the other. Um, and being quite transparent, when we have maybe one, two, five, ten analysts here on the team, will much quicker, will much more quickly get to the bottom of, you know, this is the clear winner. So it's a little bit of like, oh, we're hindered by the amount of time that I have to dedicate to just like looking through the, the Canalyst DCFs and all that stuff, plus make videos and do all the other stuff. Uh, so it's a bit of a hedge. But again, like the amount of work we do at Sense is heads and shoulders more work than we, we anybody else does online. So I still feel good about it and portfolio management comes into play with all this. Uh, but that's the very transparent thing of like me putting on two, two positions. Uh, a lot of times there's like a one quality winner and one super cheap one. So you saw that with the Chinese ones, which are no longer on there. It's funny, I get these like comments on YouTube or TikTok, like RIP or whatever, and they clearly were Rock members like last year or whatever, and then whatever. Um, so. Clearly, like one was the stronger one, but traded at a premium, and one was the cheaper one. So, uh, yeah, and the same is the case with the last two Relic Big Board ads. So I would say if you're just like an individual investor and you're looking at a, um, like a sector and you're really bullish about that sector and they're like two good options, one's the highest quality one and one's like the cheapest one that isn't complete uh, dog doo-doo, I, I mean, I, I'm doing what I would do as an individual investor. 
So I don't really think that we're doing it wrong. But in the absence of having a full deep covered analyst on a sector, like spending literally like two full weeks going into their cave and then calling a bunch of people about it, absent all that, I think putting on two positions is totally reasonable. And then adding to the position that you like better and subtracting from the position that you don't like as much. So that's what we did with the two housing stocks, right? Like one is clearly a much bigger, like a multitude's bigger position than the other one. It's because we started getting a lot more conviction and we did a lot more work on that one. So I think it's, it's like, I guess I didn't, like, I know I do it. That's like a Justin tell. And that's just a personal style thing. It's like, especially in the context of what we do here online, it's like, I think the greatest, the number one greatest power that we have as a YouTube channel together and as Roic is the power for a bunch of intelligent Roic members to source really good ideas. So once that happens, like, and so my style of managing that big board has been like, man, we just have so many good ideas, but what we're missing is the infrastructure on like my side to, to dig deeply into like 10 a week. Because if we could do that, if we could like build that side of the business, plus combine it with all the crowdsourcing of ideas, like I think that is like the hedge fund of the future, personally. Um, but I'm just getting ahead of myself. But, um, and maybe, maybe once we build that, just to summarize and combine them, Maybe we're not putting on two at a time as starters. Maybe it's like we're able to get deep enough, quick enough within a week to be like, no, no, nix that one. This is the winner. Hopefully that answered your question. Cool. I know we have two more voicemails. Uh, maybe we'll get to it in the next, uh, we, we do like 30, 40 minute Roic only sessions right after this. So uh, we'll be live at 8 p.m. sharp again. So in eight minutes for Roic members at a couple cents.com. Uh, just go to the website, click the link and or yeah click the link there and uh yeah for those of you that aren't rogue members don't forget to hit us hit the like button excuse me and uh until next time happy investing oh, God.